Oh, yeah, it's Friday. Let's do some... In case you missed it. Yeah. Here we go. Where are Danish people from? What's the country? Denmark. Let's go to Denmark. Hello. (laughs) Danish painters in the 19th century may have turned to an unusual source for their supplies. Researchers were examining paintings from the Danish Golden Age, and they were trying to figure out what they used to get the paint to adhere to the canvases. So the researchers were checking this out, and they were looking for glue made from animals. They assumed that's probably what they used. Then they found something completely different. The researchers found that the Danish painters and the adhesives had traces of yeast and grains. You know what that means, yeast and grains. Beer. Beer! It turns out that the Danes were using brewing leftovers and spreading them across the canvas as a paste, creating a smooth surface and preventing the paint from seeping through the canvas. It was kind of like their foundation. Today they still use this process, but they don't use beer. They use a different white mixture. So beer in Denmark, used by artists to preserve their paintings... Bet they tip back a few, too. Bet those are some great-looking paintings, like after seven or eight beers. <laughs> How'd you not know Danish people were from Denmark? <laughs> I had a, I had a World brain... traveling John Mercure. Has this ever happened? It's like, called like... Cerebral Flatulence. We had someone from yeah. there on the show. <laughs> like, like I knew, but I couldn't think. You know that happens sometimes, right? I was like, <laughs> every day of my life. Where, where is that? Yeah. How do you spell you the word the? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean by the? <laughs> In case you missed it. How would you like to make $650 an hour? I like the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could. You could move to Japan, but I'm thinking you, there's a virtual option for this as well. You could be a smile education coach. <laughs> okay. This is a real thing, and it's been a real thing for several years. Uh, Keiko Kawano is a Hello. smile education coach. She says more and more people have developed a complex about smiling since 2020 with wearing masks. Oh. And in Japan, in that culture in particular, it's it was a mask society before that. Like if you had a cold or smog, like you'd see people walking around with face masks. So during the pandemic, lots of people wearing masks. They've struggled to adjust to life without face coverings, confessing they've forgotten how to smile without mm. looking awkward. So you could be a smile education coach charging 650 bucks an hour wow. to teach people to move and relax your facial muscles. Participants use handheld mirrors to check their progress. <laughs> Adjusting their expressions until they were satisfied they rediscovered their natural pre-mask grin. And Keiko is a former TV and social media person, so maybe I, maybe I could get into this. Uh, she's coached more than 4,000 people over the past six years. Do the math on wow. that. Well, six hundred and fifty dollars a or yeah an for hour? an hour. Well, oh, I just did the math. That's mind blowing. If you me. worked forty hours a week, that'd be one point three million a year. <laughs> wow. Uh, unfortunately, the classes are particularly popular among women because if you're a woman, if one more person comes up and says smile, uh, that's a trigger. That's, that's annoying. But um, yeah, eye. stretches to relieve facial tension. But smiling is also good for you. you. Know, like scientifically, statistically, it's supposed to release chemicals to make you happy. But um. Yep, that's how you can make 650 bucks an hour. Uh, Kawano oversees 20 trainers who run classes all over Japan. So if you'd like to start a, a U.S. smile education franchise, maybe get in touch with Keiko. In case you missed it. Ever lock your keys in the car? 
Yes. Not recently. It's getting harder yeah, to do these time. days, yeah, right? It, yeah. It's a lot more difficult to do. Yeah. But I, I remember this. I turned 16, went to a high school basketball game, left the keys locked in the car. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's always a pain in the butt. Uh, you ever see that happen on an airplane? <gasps> no. What, what do you I mean? This was possible. A Southwest Airlines pilot had to take an unusual route to get into the plane just before a flight to Sacramento. Here's what <laughs> happened. plane came in. In San Diego, taking off to Sacramento, the last passenger off, shut the door and it locked. What the plane door? Couldn't get on the plane. Uh, What? So there's a a picture on Twitter of a guy who's looking out on the jetway, and here you go. I know ladder pulls over (laughs) up to the window by the cockpit, and the pilot's climbing in through the window because the keys to the plane were locked inside the cabin. (laughs) Wow, I didn't know that was even a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either. Of all the things that flight attendants tell you, they don't say, and if you're the last person off, shut the door behind you. Yes. While waiting at (laughs) the gate, the flight agent said over the loudspeaker, um, somebody who was on the flight coming in on the last plane, uh, you shut the door. It's locked. Wow. Mad scramble. Plane was able to take off only just a few minutes late. In case you missed it. All right. Dateline India. Hello. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's a terrifying incident that happened in the village of Pandapard, Padard, in Jashpur district. I had to give that a try. Anyway, oh, an eight-year, you're brave. An eight, an eight-year-old boy named Deepak was playing in his backyard when a cobra wrapped itself around his arm and bit him. Whoa! He tried to shake it off, but the shake, rem- the, the snake remained firmly attached. Finally, out of desperation. He bit the snake twice. Oh my gosh! The, the snake fell what? off and <laughs> One died. One turn deserves Wait, another. He killed, he killed the, the snake. S- the snake fell off and died. The boy's parents raced him to the medical facility, where he was treated with anti-venom drugs. Fortunately, it appears that the cobra engaged in what they call a quote-unquote dry bite. It's a bite that does not inject any venom. Oh my gosh! And the boy went home after a day. Well. Way to go, Deepak! In case you missed it. Where was she from, Deb? From, let's see, the village of Panderpad in Jashpur District, India. Very nice. Well done. Well done. There you go. How about a little bonus one? Uh, if, so if you're going to buy an overpriced bottle of water at the airport or a candy bar at the gas station, how do you pay for it? Debit card, credit card. Okay. How are you paying no for ca- it? I don't have cash, so that's out. How do you pay, Max? Yeah, I'd probably, if I've got five bucks in my pocket, that's what I do. Okay. I never use cash either. I use I, I usually have about 100 bucks, but I save it for tipping, and anytime I can use a credit card, I do, even mm-hmm. if it's for $1. A new really? study found that people that are buying guilty purchases, things they don't feel great about, like a sneaking a donut when they're on a diet, or paying for an $18 beer at the airport, or an overpriced bottle of water, they're more likely to use cash. Because, and they did a big, large study, they say there isn't any lingering evidence. It won't show up on the credit card. And even though people don't think about that subconsciously, the survey found that when you're making a, quote, guilty purchase, we want to purge it from our minds. Using a credit card or other digital payment doesn't do that. Because eventually, the credit card statement's going to come, or you're going to see something online. So people are more likely to use cash when they make a small purchase that they just don't feel good about. I... Never thought about it. I just don't use cash. I use it less and less. I'm a yeah. slow adapter, but I'm surprised how little I use cash. Some places now you just literally can't. Like you're at the ballpark. You can't. You can't pull out a $10 bill and buy that beer. 
which is kind of amazing. So guilty purchases, people more often use cash. They don't want their spouse to maybe know they spent $18 on a beer. They themselves don't want to be reminded that they bought that pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Small purchases used more often with cash. I find that I apologize sometimes. If I got like, you know, an unnamed amount of money on a gift card, and I don't know how much is there. It's like $3.68, yeah. turns out, and something's only 5 bucks. I'm like, ah, I only have a credit card here. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this is what use, I got. Yeah, you'll Me use too. the $3.68 and then... Run your MasterCard for a buck twenty. Right. I mean, I just don't have yeah. cash. I never carry cash. It is so rare. If I have cash, it usually is because I need it specifically for something, not because I've you know taken it out of the ATM and just want to have it. Yeah, I don't feel I need good it. if I don't have any. Like I feel like then what about if I'm at the valet or what if I'm yeah. So I carry a little cash, but I try to make it last forever. If I have a hundred dollars, I hope it lasts for like six months. Stretch it out because I just don't like you use cash really. There is four fifty six at so WTMJ. There's no joy like finding five bucks in your pocket in an old jacket. You got that right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a special the only, feeling. The only thing better than that is finding ten. <laughs>